Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. I'm just checking in on you. Oh, Billy fucking thespian doing his acting gig this month, memorizing his lines, saying the stuff he memorized, standing on a piece of tape. I'm actually having a great time. Um, I'm having a great time, but my world is really small, as I mentioned. So let's get, let's get down to it. Here's one for fucking old people. This is something probably everybody in Australia already knows. All right. If you have a beet salad for dinner, the next morning, you're going to think you have blood in your urine. (laughs) And as you're going to the bathroom, you're going to be like, what the fuck is that? And you're going to be like, wait, am I dying? Am I dying? Oh, fuck, I'm dying. And by the end of it, you're like, well, you know, I had a good run. I had a good, I mean, what am I, special? Steve McQueen died at 50. Who the fuck am I, right? I'm 53, going to be 54. I got an extra fucking four years off of that guy. And then you're like, oh, wait a second. Wait a minute, I had a beet salad last night. Oh, that's what it is. And then you don't go to the doctor. And then the next day you have another one, and the same thing happens again. And you're just like... What if I am eating beet salad at the exact moment I got bladder cancer? Well, what are the odds of that? So then you fucking Google search it, right? And next thing you know, anything you're looking at on YouTube, there's a bunch of colostomy bags in, in, the, in, the, in the advertising. And it's just like, will you stop spying on me? All right, my, my beet red pea is my business, not yours, okay? Do you know next year Apple is going to come out with their own colostomy bag? It's supposed to be unfucking believable um, <clears throat> Well, there you go. That's all I got going on in my life. Oh, my God. Oh, let me, oh, my wife. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Oh, we, we had a couple of dumb fights this week, Right? So I had like super early calls where I had to get up at like set the alarm at like 4.40 in the morning. So the first day, you know, I'm sleeping next to her and it goes, whatever the fuck it does. It's an old school alarm, but whatever. That's what it sounds like, right? It literally sounds like a duck is telling the worst story ever right next to your fucking ear, right? Just starting off on 10. It's like, dude, build the story. You know, start low. And take me somewhere like quack, 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 That's how you do it. You don't just come right out of the fucking gate. Hey, you wouldn't believe what fucking happened to me. These goddamn ducks with their fucking stupid stories there. So, um, anyway, I fucking, uh, I wake up. You know, after a rough night, because I'm fighting off this cold, because both of my kids, you know, have colds. You know, so I'm going to bed. You know, I'm taking NyQuil. Okay, you take NyQuil, you go to bed, and you have, like, those cold medicine dreams, 
you know, where you wake up in the morning, you're like, did, did I commit a crime last night? Or was that like, no, no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Did I beat the fucking shit out of that guy at the gym? I had a dream last night. I beat the shit out of this. Like, it was this weird thing where I was going to use the bench, not for benching, to do tricep work, which is a really, that's a fucking no-no at the gym. You know what I mean? Because everybody goes and does their chest. Everybody wants to work on their chesticles so the ladies can be like, oh my God, you're so, are you He-Man? I thought you were He-Man. Yeah, and then you don't do any back exercises and your fucking shoulders come forward and then you fight rotator cuff issues like I am for the last fucking goddamn forever, right? But I'll do it if there's nobody else in the gym and there's another like bench station available. But in this dream, I just went over and I did it. And as I did it, this other fucking guy wanted to use the bench. So I'm sitting there and he walks up to me and just ever so gently, he slapped me in the face twice. The first time I'm like, do I know this guy? And then he did it again. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then for whatever reason, he was on that, that you know, that station that um, you fucking... You stand up on, and then your forearms support you as you take your feet off the where you have your feet, and then you lift your legs up, and you do ab work. He got on one of those, and I just went up, and I just grabbed him by his fucking throat, and I started slapping him, and I was just screaming, you don't fucking slap me, you know? This is, this is because, I'm telling you, NyQuil is fucking amazing, and then it's also like, you know, you're going to have some really weird, violent, at least I do. I have like violent dreams and I commit crimes and I assault people. I don't know what's going on. So I had those dreams and then I wake up and I had, after having a beet salad and then I think I'm dying. Um, so whatever, that's what the fuck I'm going through, right? So anyway, so my fucking alarm <laughs> fucking goes off. And my wife's like, oh, what? Oh, my God. Jesus. Pillows, right? And she fucking goes back to sleep. So anyway, and I go to work, right? Like the fucking man I am. I trudge out the door with my script, time to make the donuts, right? I go out, fucking door. And I go down to Crafty. She fucking gets around. It's Crafty, right? I get my little breakfast. On set, as they say out here, on location. And I get a text about three hours later. And my wife, she says, hey, can you do me a favor? If you have another early call time tomorrow, you know, can you, can you sleep downstairs or whatever? Or sleep out, you know, in, in my room above the garage. Can you sleep out there? That's what she wanted me to do, right? So I come home, you know, and she sent the laughing emojis. She tried. She was trying to be nice to a NyQuilled man with beet juice in his urine, right? So I come home, right? And she goes, do you have another early call tomorrow? You know, not how was your day? Not, oh, there's my man who went out and earned some money so we can all eat cornflakes tomorrow morning. That's not what she said. It's not what she said at all. She said, do you have another early call time tomorrow? And I said, yes, I do. She goes, can you sleep above the garage? And I said, I'm not sleeping there because what if this is the night some fucking guy comes through the front door and I'm out there sleeping and God knows what happens to you guys. Now, that might have been the NyQuil talking, but that was the first, <laughs> it's the first thing I thought of.
So, I don't do that. And the next morning, 4.40 in the morning, Matt, 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 right? (laughs) So I get up, and I can feel her anger in the dark. I can feel her anger. So I go in, trudging in, you know, and I'm in the shower. And when I'm in the shower, she comes walking in to use the bathroom. And she walks by with the fucking, this look on her face. Okay? Like she's that guy in the league that never gets a fucking offensive foul, right? She comes fucking walking right by. And I was so fucking mad. I'm like, I'm thinking like, I'm the fucking guy getting up at 440 to go fucking work. You're going to go back to sleep, right? So I did what most adults does. Right as she got out of my vision, I gave her the double finger from inside the fucking shower, right? This is, this is what you do when you're married, okay? And, um, you know, she was, like, mad at me. And I'm thinking, like, rather than me just being like, Bill, you know, you're leaving, and then she has to take care of two kids, and you're waking her up at 4.40 in the morning. Rather than thinking that, I'm thinking, like, Ugh, you know, I'm the guy getting up, going outside to go pretend to be something I'm not. I'll put a little respect, right? So I fucking leave. I go to work, right? To be or not to be? That is the question. Okay, could you do it this time and not stress it is? Could you stress the B? Yeah, yeah, I got it. All right. Still roll it. To be or not to be, that is the question. That was the one. That was the one. Right? So I come home for work, all right? Now she's two days getting woken up at 440, all right? And I also got up at 440, so tensions are rising. Like Russia, Ukraine, within my marriage. This is like what's happening. Like troops have been brought to the border. And by the way, if I hear one more fucking asshole here in America, did you see what they did? It's, oh my God, it's awful. Oh, I can't, you know, I just, I can't. What is wrong with them? It's just like, are you going to do anything about it? Are you just going to stand around and talk about how awful it is? I just, it is just, it is heartbreaking. It is so hard. Did you see that new bakery that they have opened up on La Brea? Um, anyway, so I fucking, uh, yeah, so I do my day, right? And I came home. And then later on that night, you know, she's a little fucking grumpy, right? I'm a little tired. So you see what's going to happen, okay? You have a high-pressure system next to a low-pressure system. You know what's going to happen, right? So she goes outside at one point towards the end of the night when I'm getting ready to go to bed. And she walks out and she leaves the front door open, wide open, as we have the heat cranked. So I'm one of those dads where I'm just like, we got the heat on fucking close the doors. That's how I was brought up. What, jeez, what, you feel you brought up in a barn? I always loved that when my parents would say that to me. Were you raised in a barn? It's like, well, why don't you think back? You raised me. I think pretty much we were in a garrison colonial. Um, so she leaves the door wide open. So I just go to like, just not close it all the way. I'm leaving the door ajar. And as I'm going to close it, she's outside going like, I'm coming back in. I'm coming right back in. Don't close the door. I'm coming right back in. 
Do I listen? No. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. The heat is cranked and it's going outside. Right? So I just close it like that. And then, you know, she comes, she was bringing a kid seat in. You know, all she had to do was just shoulder the door a little bit and would have swung wide open. So now she's not really mad about that. She's mad because she hasn't gotten the right amount of sleep because my fucking thespian douchebag ass is fucking waking up at her up to at 4.40 in the morning, right? So she just comes. She's like, why would you do that? Why would you close the door when I said I was like, I didn't close the door. I just, I just don't understand why you would do that. And then I was just like, I was like, you know what? Why would you give me a dirty look when I'm the guy going out the fucking door, making the money to make to earn money for the Cheerios? It's because I'm not talking about that. Well, I am. Right? Had this big dumb fight where she, of course, immediately tried to make up with me because she's more mature than I am. Right? And I'm like, I'm still mad, right? And then the next day, she texts me after I got up after sleeping over the garage, another 4.40 in the morning. <laughs> right? Going back off to work. To be or not to be, that is the question. All right? She texts me about halfway through the day. How's it going? Right? That's not what she said. She said, how's it going? Because she's a sweetheart. And I said, well, I love you again. Which got a big laugh via text. And it was over. Just like that. Okay? And that's what happened to me over the last couple of days. As everybody's hearts were breaking for what's going on over in the Ukraine. As they do absolutely nothing about it. As they look at that and don't see themselves in it, drives me up the fucking wall. Did you see they bombed this? Yeah, that's what invading a country looks like. If you didn't live behind the media wall, you know, that doesn't show that shit when we do it, but instead focuses on stand-up comedians and the jokes that they told in a fucking strip mall, and people watch it like it's news. Uh, Sorry. And I'm not getting off my fucking little liberal stump about this fucking thing until people stop telling me that their hearts... Did you just see what happened to the dolphins? Oh, my God, my heart breaks for those dolphins. You know, so I was talking to a surfer yesterday. Um, right, isn't that surfing song? Before it became a Quentin Tarantino Pulp Fiction song? Um... Surfer rock music, right? I was talking to him. He's like, you know, dolphins are kind of cunts. He didn't say it like that, but that's basically what he was saying. And he was saying that the adolescent ones, uh, you know, they don't even, there's nothing to it. Like when there's shark attacks and shit, they, they, it's Jaws, dude. There's the fucking mayor going, we're not closing the beach and you're not reporting on that. Because if you do, we're going to lose a fuckload of money. And all of these fucking dum-dums go to the beach, and they go into that water, and they don't, you know, literally, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of another environment that you go to where there's just things that can eat you alive, and you're that close. Oh, I know what it is. It's called the fucking zoo. And if you notice, when you go to the zoo, when you go to the fucking zoo, 
They got all those things in cages. They have them down in pits. And even then, they don't fucking, that doesn't sometimes stop them. Okay, you've seen bears. They can fucking open car doors. They'll like open a refrigerator and lean on it looking for something to eat like this is their fucking joint, right? I mean, you really got to watch. They're like toddlers. Like toddlers watch you open a door and they're just clocking everything. Is that how it goes? And they start trying with their little fucking cute hands. Bears are the same way, all right? Um, But I remember hearing this story. I think it was up in San Francisco. This guy was teasing like a tiger or a lion. I think it was a tiger and he was fucking with this thing. And it was down in a pit and it got so fucking mad. It had so much adrenaline. It jumped up out of the fucking pit, ran by a bunch of other people and went right to this guy and fucking mauled him to death. Okay, unless that's an urban myth. I looked it up. I think it was in the San Francisco so-and-so, and and that's a legitimate paper up there. Look it up. Let me know if that's true or not. Um, But yeah, those same fucking, you would never go out into the wilderness or in the jungle with no fucking weapon. All right, all you deer urine guys, proud to be an American. I'm shooting my own food. When the dollar collapses, I'm going to fucking eat you. I'll shoot you in your torso, get you center mass. Then take out my ginsu and cut meat off your ass. Sorry, that was a reference to the Japanese army in World War II. Um, What the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, you would never go out there with no fucking weapon. All right, but people every goddamn day do that when they go into the fucking ocean. And there's so many goddamn, I just, it just fucking blows my mind. And everybody's like, dude, you know what the fucking odds are? You don't know what the odds are. Because every fucking town has a mayor like the guy in Jaws yelling at Chief Brody. Notice whenever they say a shark attack, they always put rare, a very rare shark attack. It's not rare. The only thing rare is the meat coming off your fucking body. <laughs> unless you're like, unless you're a redhead, you've been out in the sun too long, then you might be a medium rare. Um, so this guy, this surfer man, Mahala man, he fucking told me, old Freckles himself, he told me that they had this thing, I think down in Florida, where these adolescent dolphins, you know, these juvie dolphins that should have been sent somewhere, gotten their fucking dolphin mind rights, that their job in the world is to fucking study in the ocean so someday they can support their family working at SeaWorld. They were grabbing swimmers and pulling them down and drowning them, and they were sticking them in this cave. And they went down there, and they found a bunch of bones from these people that they probably just said was drownings. And the mayor was saying, like, I don't, 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 don't say it was a shark attack. And it was actually dolphins. Dolphins, everybody, who we think give a shit about us because there was a show called Flipper 50 years ago on television. And, you know, you got to understand that dolphins can't help you out. Dolphins are like Spider-Man. It all depends on what suit they're wearing that day, okay? If they had the red and blue one, like two out of the three colors, on our, our flag out here in America, right? They're the, they're the, he's, 
They're the good Spider-Man. They're the good dolphin. But if they put on the suit of color, then they're the bad. And what message does that send to the dolphin community? Do you see that when Spider-Man wears the black suit, he actually becomes a bad, the suit takes over and he does, I know it breaks my heart. I can't, I just, I, I can't. That's something a lot of white people I've noticed can't, you know, that's the thing. They can't, I can't, I just can't. Did you see that? I can't, I fucking can't. My heart breaks. Like, I couldn't stop thinking of what I saw that happened yesterday to the point when that man was handi- hanging up my new flat screen TV. I couldn't even, he's like, is it level? It's like, I don't even know. And he's like, what's going on with you? I was like, don't you realize that even though I'm standing in this giant open floor plan with indoor-outdoor living that I'm, my heart is actually breaking as I think about horrible things that are happening to other people. Just know, when I get in my infinity pool, why am I acting like all white people have shit like this? Um, it's a lot of broke white people, too. Why am I just attacking white people? Because it's fun. You know, I'll tell you, when I, my heart breaks... For the people facing them dirty Russians. And when I sit in my double wide, I earned it, bitch. When I sit in my double wide tonight and drink an AW root beer, no, with a little bit of NyQuil in it, that my heart breaks for those, those people over there. Um, well, G Bill, when did you become so perfect? I don't know, when I got an acting gig. And I had to get up at 4.40 in the morning because right now I am a working actor. Matt, Matt, Matt. Um, I don't, it really has nothing to do with people that saying their hearts break. That's good. They're expressing that they actually have empathy for other people. But then, like, what are you supposed to do? What in the fuck do you do? You can't really do anything. You try to do something, you get labeled a commie. You know, if you're in Russia and you try to say, hey, man, don't invade uh, the Ukraine, then they call you a capitalist. You can't win. And you know who I blame? I blame God because he made us all. You know, I blame him. I'm, I'm sick of the, the fucking accolades. Nothing but fucking five-star fucking reviews on the religious channel. Um... Anyway, you know what? One of the highlights of my, my, not, my, my not, you know, doing what I was doing yesterday, I was riding Club Soda Kenny's out here. He's on the job, right? And he was driving me back um, to base camp, and I saw this white Dodge 3500 four-wheel drive dually. And I just was looking at that thing, and I was just like, God damn damn it, I wish I led a life that justified owning that thing. <laughs> Can't drive around in that. Hey, buddy, what are you, a horse? You got a bunch of horses? You got a horse farm? No. Well, you got, were you towing a boat? No, I'm afraid of the water. You, well, shit, you got, you, 
You're restoring cars or something? You got to tow like over 10,000 pounds to get a couple of them on there? Is that what you got? No. Well, what is it? I just like the way it looks and sounds. <laughs> I have a lot of that in my life. Are you like me? Do you own some badass shit that you really like but secretly know that when you wear it or use it that, you know, the makers of it weren't making it for you, that they were making it for actually truly badass people? Are you like me? Do you own a guitar but only can play a few chords? But, like, if Slash had it, he could actually tour the world with it, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a new subject. What is so, what's the most badass thing that you own that you know secretly in your heart? It wasn't made for you because you're not that person, you know? Like, maybe you saw, I don't know, somebody in a movie wearing something, and you're like, I'm going to wear that shirt. You know, after I just watched him beat up a whole bar room, bar room full of fucking knife-wielding lunatics. You know, do you got a Steven Seagal gi? You got one of those things? Or maybe you're just a man with the ponytail. You know? You bought yourself a Dodge Challenger, you know, and you pull into some town you've never been into, and you get out, you think people are looking at you like, ooh, who's that stranger? Is he wearing cowboy boots? Is he a cowboy? He owned cowboy boots. Do you own cowboys? You own some cowboy boots, right? You don't own a cow? And you're a man at this point, huh? I'll tell you one for you. If you want to talk about a lot of people that just drive trucks for no good goddamn reason, um, Texas. I've never seen so many fucking pickup trucks in my life. I mean, that's where I, sh I, I should go. I should fucking move there. I should move there because, I, I mean, I even think if I drove a dually, even they would be like, now, now God damn it, Bill, we all know you live in a condo high rise in downtown Dallas, all right? Looking, at, looking out over the American Airlines arena, you got no business owning that truck. Can I drive it sometime? I got an idea. What if we, what if, I got an idea. What if we drive it off road, get it all dirty like we work, right? Like we work with our hands and our backs for our living. And, and then uh, we put on some dirty clothes and uh, uh, then we go and we pull up, pull up to some place and everybody thinks that we worked hard that day and we really did. Um, Dallas and Houston. Um, just some of the most shiniest, beautiful pickup trucks I've ever seen in my life that have never, other than rain, you know. If you want to buy a used pickup truck, go to Dallas or Houston. There is zero miles on that towing hitch. Never been plowed. Just driving to and from work, you know. Pulling, in, you know, pulling into Starbucks. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I finally gave in to coffee, and it almost got its hooks into me. It almost got its hooks into me. I had, um, I had a cappuccino, uh, and it was the first cup of coffee I ever drank the whole thing, because I've always had a few sips, and I've just been, that's too bitter. I don't like the shit. I love the smell. And every time I'd go to the airport, and I'd see all these fucking people lining up like they're at the meth clinic, 
I just remember always thinking like, thank God I never, I, I didn't, I've done a lot of dumb shit, but I didn't get into that dumb shit. Well, I was tired, you know, right? that shit after a couple of days and I had a cappuccino and I took that first sip and it was kind of okay. And by the third sip, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I think I get this. And I drank the whole fucking thing. And then the next day, I had another early day, and I fucking drank another one. And the second day, it didn't taste bad at all. It tasted delicious. From the second, it hit my lips like Frank the Tank when he did that funnel, when he funnels those beers in old school, right to the very end. And I was like, oh, my God. I get it. There had to be a reason these people were standing in this line. It has to be that good. Slash, it's an addiction. Um, and then three days in a row, I fought it, and I didn't get a cup of coffee, and now I don't give a fuck anymore. Because I was just like, I can't do this. I did this with booze. I did this with weed. I did this with cigars. I, don't, I did this with sugar and shit food. I don't need another thing that eventually I'm going to have to quit. So I just walked away. And now I've just decided that it's going to be like something that maybe once or twice a year I'm going to do. Like once a year or something, me and my wife go on vacation and I'll do some mushrooms and I'll smoke a little weed. And then when I come home, that's it. That's it. My kids aren't going to see me fucking walking around. You know, you know, daddy liked his scotch. I'm not going to be that fucking guy, you know? And when my kids ask me, well, they could listen to the podcast. I'm going to be honest with them. You know, dad, have you ever done that stuff? Yeah, I did. And it got out of control and I fucking hated myself and I did stupid shit. You know, just let you know if that's what you're going to do because I can't stop you from doing it. That's what's going to end up happening. However, you know, and I think it was really important for me to be stone sober when I was raising you guys, because I didn't want to miss any of it, and I love you guys, all right? So there's that. I mean, other than that, what are you going to do? Um, all right, that's 30 minutes. Okay, that's the podcast here. Let me, um, let me read some uh, advertising here. All right, what do we got here? Oh, it's Butcher Box, everybody. You know, meal prepping is difficult. Butcher Box makes it Easy. Hey, take it easy. ButcherBox is a subscription service that takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat. ButcherBox sources their meat from partners with the highest standards for quality. No more searching the grocery store for 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood. You don't know what they're going to do. Notice that. Grass-fed, free-range, all of a sudden you're in the ocean, everything gets wild. I'm telling you swimmers, watch out. And more. Their sourcing decisions are made holistically, keeping the farmer, the planet, the animal, and your family in mind. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. Free shipping for the continental U.S., no antibiotics or added hormones. For each box, each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat, ladies, depending on the box you choose. That's enough for 24 individual meals. Packed fresh and shipped frozen for your convenience so you can save time on your next grocery store trip. Customize your own box or go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want. This is your chance. 
to never have to shop for ground beef again. That's right. ButcherBox is giving new members free ground beef for life. Plus, get a $10 off coupon. Sign up at butcherbox.com burr and get two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership plus a $10 off coupon. Log on to butcherbox.com burr and claim this deal. All right, look who it is, everybody. It's Bespoke Post. This winter, upgrade your daily routine with Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have box of awesome collection. Bespoke Post partners with small businesses, uh, partners with small businesses and emerging brands. New people, new kids on the block. Oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> Sorry, let me do it again. Oh, oh, oh. I can't sing. Uh, to bring you the most unique goods every month. Oh, oh, oh. No matter what you're into, you know how bad I'd want to be a backup singer in that band just so I could stick my finger in my ear on a mic that wasn't on just to do that part of it. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has covered you, has you covered. From winter cocktails to cozy threads and camping gear essentials, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box is valued around $70, but you only pay a fraction of that price. Plus, with each box of awesome, you're supporting a small business. I like that shit. 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. Get 20% off your first box, monthly box, when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code BURR. Check out that's boxofawesome.com, code BURR, B-U-R-R, for 20% off your first box, boxofawesome.com, code BURR. All right, look who it is. Old Faithful, Stamps. Dot com. You know, you've heard me talk about Stamps.com. For Christ's sake, they've been sponsoring for the sh- on the show for over nine years now. And if you haven't tried it, what the fuck are you waiting for? Stamps.com saves you time, money, and stress. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over one million businesses. Stamps.com gives you access to all the post office and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer. And get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates at 76% and 76% off UPS. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer, no special supplies or equipment. You're up and running in minutes, printing official posters for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. Stop overpaying for shipping with Stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code BURR for a special offer. That includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and enter the code BURR, B-U-R-R. All right, that is the Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday Morning Podcast. Enjoy the music picked out by the And, um... Enjoy a bonus episode of uh, another Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast from a Thursday in the past. All right. Have a great weekend, you cunts.
the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, March 10th, 2014. How you doing? How are you? Um, I am in a cunty mood this week, and I am def- desperately trying to bring something positive. All right? I've been on the road here for 10 fucking days. I was going to do this thing with Verzi again, but he's still sleeping. And uh, I got to get this thing up and get on with my day because I got a two-hour ride out to uh, London, Ontario tonight. And I got a fucking job to do. I'm in the middle of a fucking eight-day run, kid. You know? Seven days in. Then I got Montreal tomorrow. And then I got a day off. I got a fucking day off. And I'm going to go to the Bruins-Canadians game. And, um, you know, have a great fucking time. As you can hear, my voice is, uh, it's actually better. It doesn't sound better, but it's actually better. It's holding up well. Today is the halfway point of the epic 20-day Canadian tour. Tour, tour, tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're having a great time up here. Um, probably too much fun. Um, I'm off the wagon as of uh, last Monday. Uh, but, you know, I only got fucked up twice this week. You know, I got really fucked up about two nights ago. But other than that, and uh, I, I didn't miss being hungover. So for the most part, like last night I had a beer. Two nights before that I had one glass of wine. I mean, if you want to call that, if you want to call that ticky-tack shit drinking, all right? You want to sit there with your fucking toes pointed at each other and your knees together, right? Like some fucking jerk-off waiting for a bus in a Norman Rockwell painting. Then, then you you do that, all right? I don't count those. Okay, from what I heard, a glass of wine every day is actually good for your fucking arteries. Oh, you hear that? Somebody finally committed a crime up here in Canada. What did he do? Huh? Did he put on somebody else's skates? Oh, sorry about that. Sorry. I like these people up here. Everybody says sorry. I say sorry all the time. You know, hey, this this pancake you made tastes like a fucking somebody wiped their ass with it. Sorry. I'm sorry you didn't f- you suck at making a pancake. Right. Um, I actually had an apple for breakfast. If you're wondering. I'm trying to stay in shape when I'm up here. No, I was kidding. Who? I'm not going to lie to you guys. I am fucking shot. I I've been just traveling and doing my goddamn act every fucking night. I am so sick of my goddamn voice. Which is great because it's making me say new stuff on stage and I've been writing a lot. Now, I'm not saying that I actually sit down and write. What I'm really saying is I'm just saying different shit on stage. And, um, you know, it's a lot of shit jokes, a lot of dick jokes. But, you know, I'm getting through it. It's been, uh, it's been amazing. Absolutely amazing. We're on a four-day run here in, uh, in Toronto, in the greater Toronto area. Uh, we started off down in... Uh, I don't even know what the fuck. Hammerville? Hammerstein? I don't know what it is, but their nickname is fucking Ham- Hamilton. The nickname is Hammertown. Stop. Hammertown. Do, 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 do. Boop, boop. Um, it was unbelievable. Great fucking show down there. And then I also found out for a buddy of mine that around the corner was uh, where that, that Unreal Team Canada game was in 1987 when they, uh, when they beat the Russians. Gretzky to Lemieux. Right? You guys, rem- you guys member? Do you fucking member? Um, I got, let's see, I played a pickup game of hockey in Ottawa. 
That was great. Me and Verzi skated on the frozen canal. We held hands and split a beaver tail and whispered sweet nothings into one another's ears. (laughs) We didn't get a beaver tail, but the rest of it happened. All right? And I stand by it. No, we, uh, we did skate on the canal, man. It's fucking unbelievable. Ottawa, underrated, brutally, brutally, brutally fucking underrated. You want to surprise your girlfriend or soon-to-be wife with a honeymoon she'll never forget or possibly forgive you for? Take her to Ottawa, everybody. It's a government town. Did you guys know that Ottawa is the capital of Canada? I didn't know that. It's one of those towns, everybody's got the big government job, and right around 5, everybody takes off, and even the Starbucks closes. But if you go across the fucking river, there's a bunch of places to get yourself a beer. There was a little uh, rink out here. I don't know. Guys, I, got, I have absolutely nothing. Um, I'm too old to be on tour this long, and uh, today is the halfway point, so I got another 10 days, and... Um, Another 10 days to go on this. Last night I was at uh, Massey Hall. For those of you who um, never heard of it, um, if your favorite band is ever playing a show there, it's worth taking a trip. Unbelievable. second I walked out there, I was saying to Verzi, like, Jesus Christ, I'd love to tape a special here. But then I heard um, I heard their fees are through the fucking roof, of course. You know, like I'm the only asshole that walked in there and said, you know what, I think this would look visually, it look really good on camera. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely, uh, very humbling to be on that thing. Cause I kind of looked up some of the history before I got out there and evidently one night, Miles Davis, Charlie Parker, Charles Mingus and fucking Max Roach put on arguably one of the greatest concerts of all time. Louis Armstrong played there. Uh, I'm not a big Rush fan, but I guess that, uh, all the world's a stage they filmed there. Or recorded there. Neil Young recorded some stuff there. And then old Billy Redface came in and did his shit and dick jokes. I had some guy after the show told me that he saw George Carlin perform there in the 80s. So it was definitely, uh, it was pretty awesome to become, uh, I don't know, part of that history there. Uh, I'm definitely fucking coming back. So here's the deal. So at the end of the show, you know, Verzi wants to go see that fucking movie where somebody's getting murdered on a plane every 10 minutes and for some reason they can't figure out who the fuck's doing it. Okay? And I'm sitting there having this argument with Verzi going, dude, I'm not going to go see that shit. And he's like, he's like, dude, it's fucking Liam Neeson. Uh, Liam Neeson. Neeson. Whatever the fuck you say his name. And I'm like, I like that guy. Okay? But snakes on a plane is snakes on a plane. Even if there's no snakes on the plane. You know what I mean? It is what it is. It's fucking stupid. And I know somebody's going to shoot a gun on the plane. You know? And somehow, even if he misses... I don't know. It's just... It's fucking dumb. It's as dumb as back in the day when they had a smoking section... On an airplane. You remember Dice Clay's bit? You're in a fucking tube. It's the same thing. If you're talking about smoking or you're talking about a fucking murder mystery. How many goddamn people could you fucking kill on a plane? And you know somehow the fucking guy's going to be able to climb down into the luggage area. He's going to pull up some carpet and there'll be a trap door there. I must have flown on 9,000 fucking planes in my life. Can somebody please tell me where that fucking trap door is? It doesn't exist. 
It's a separate fucking compartment. It has to be. And even if it isn't, after 9-11, I'm sure they fucking welded it shut. Right? They always show that in movies. Somebody goes down to visit their fucking dog. Right? And then there's some sweaty Middle Eastern looking guy down there. That's what they have now. Back in the day, it was some sweaty Russian looking guy. It's whoever the fuck we're at odds with. And they're always sweaty and they need a shave. And they're down there and they have absolutely, you know, and they have absolutely no fucking morals whatsoever. And they're always down there in the fucking luggage. Right? And then you got the John McClane guy. How many fucking guys have been on the fucking plane? John McClane did one, didn't he? Bruce Willis has been on the plane. Wesley Snipes has been on the plane. Always bet on black, motherfucker. Right? You thought that one was the last one? Here comes old Liam Neeson. You know something? Fuck air, fucked movies on airplanes. Fuck all of them. They all... You name me one movie that took place on a fucking airplane that was good. All right? And I will immediately block you on fucking Twitter for actually saying it's a good fucking movie. Okay? You can fucking kill somebody on the plane, but you know what? Pretty much everybody's going to see it. How are you going to do it? Let's just say you had some little fucking heart attack missed like the Iceman. Remember the Iceman? They made a movie about him. That guy where he would just, he was sitting there talking about all the murders he committed. You know? Talking through his clenched jaw. Looked like an old sea captain, but he was a fucking hitman for the mob. He had this miss, he said. He'd go into Studio 54, and he'd act all swishy, and he'd walk up to a guy, hit on him, and then he'd spray him with this miss, and like three seconds later, the guy would have a heart attack. Let's just say you had the fucking Iceman Cometh's fucking heart attack mist. All right? Now, you're in a row of three people. Where do you think the best place is to sit if you want to murder one of the other two people in your row. I'm guessing the middle seat, okay, if I have to put this air quote caper together. Then you take the fucking mist, and I'm going to fucking, I'm going to give the guy on the window a heart attack. I'm going to spray it at him, and that fucking guy is going to go into cardiac arrest. All right, and do you think the guy sitting to the right of me or the fucking lady to the right of me? in the aisle seat, is not going to notice this person convulsing? All right, well, let's just say they fucking drop dead. It's so powerful, they just drop dead and just happen to slump to the fucking side. Now, I might be able to get away with that. All right? But only if that person had already, hadn't already reclined their seat. Okay? Hadn't already reclined their fucking seat because when we go, you know, when we begin our initial descent, the fucking stewardess or the male stewardess is going to fucking come over and be like, excuse me, sir, sir, excuse me. Could you wake him? No, I can't wake him because I fucking sprayed him with a heart attack mist. What I can do is press the button for him and put his fucking dead head between his fucking rigor mortis legs, if you'd like, Peter. I don't know why his name is Peter. All right, now you killed one person. What the fuck? You're going to just start going around killing people? 
One person is going to die every 10 minutes unless I get a sack of cash in Rhinelander, Wisconsin by fucking 2.30. You think the airline would give a fuck? All right. $250 million ransom. Is that what the fuck you want? I mean, how much is it going to cost them to settle out of court? It's going to cost less than that because they have all the money. Right? I don't like fucking movies on airplanes. And I don't like movies where people have pointed ears and nobody fucking addresses it. The other day, I'm sitting there with Verzi and we're flipping through the fucking stations and one of those Hobbit movies comes on and this fucking asshole, he's got one of those let it be 70s haircuts where his hair is plenty long enough to not show his fucking pointed ears. But for some reason, he's got it scooped around the back of his ear like he's going to fucking blow somebody. And I just look at it and I go, look at that dude's fucking ear. How does the guy with the white beard not address that? Like, what the fuck happened to your ear? What are you? Huh? You're a fucking elf? What does that mean? What, do you, what, do you, what does your diet consist of? Celery and guinea pigs, you fucking weirdo? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Is that, is that racist? Am I going to have to apologize to elves? Jesus Christ. Fucking goddamn movies with airplanes. You know what I mean? Please. All right. Oh, please. I don't have time for that, sweetheart. Okay. Let's get to some uh, advertising for this week. LegalZoom.com, everybody. Um, If the excitement of starting your business, getting your first customer, and finally quitting your job hasn't moved you to action yet, you know what? Nothing else will. Anyways, I I improv that. He said, the person said, could be a woman who wrote this. She says, here's another great reason to get started. It's National Start Your Business Month. Slash, get out of your cubicle and start living for yourself month. Slash, you can do it. All right? That legal Zoom. Um, and legal Zoom wants to help you start your own corporation or LLC or file your DBA so you can get up, you can get up and running quickly and easily. Find out why more than one million entrepreneurs use LegalZoom to start down the path of successful business ownership. This month, this month only, take advantage of their National Start Your Business Month special and get a free three-month trial of all new QuickBooks, making it so much easier to run your new business. That's $119 value, everybody, for free when you enter Burr, B-U-R-R, in the referral box at checkout. That's LegalZoom.com, promo code Burr. LegalZoom provides a self-help services and can connect you with the right attorney, but they are not a law firm. LegalZoom, promo code BURR, B-U-R-R. And the classics. Uh, Stamps.com, everybody. Getting your mailing and shipping done can seem like a no-win situation. Going to the post office takes up valuable time. Um, Leasing a postage meter, expensive with multi-year commitments and hidden fees. Luckily... I happen to know a better way, and that better way has one name, Stamps.com, everybody. Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your desk using your own computer or printer. Even get special postage discounts you can find at the post. You can't find at the post office. Plus, Stamps.com is is more powerful than a postage meter. Faster than a rolling O. Stronger than silent E. 
um, at just a fraction of the cost. You can save up to 80% compared to the postage meter. And you'll avoid those time-consuming trips to the post office. I use Stamps.com to send out my DVDs, my posters, and any other crap that I send at the, sell at the end of my show. If I can figure it out, well, so can you. Right now, use my last name, Burr, for the spe- this special offer. No-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer, which includes a digital scale and up to 55 bucks free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr. B-U-R-R. That's Stamps.com. Enter Burr. That was brutal. Jesus Christ. That was even bad for me. Um, Where the fuck am I? And why did that just pop up? Why did that just pop up? All right. Let's get back to this over here. Over here. Over here. Over here. All right. Back to the podcast. So anyways, I'm still up here in Canada. Oh, Canada. I'm touring across the provinces. Um, I've had some people come in I um, from some pretty crazy places. Uh, Yukon Territories. Somebody told me that there's a theater up there. Maybe I'll look into that the next hour of bullshit that I come up with the next time I tour Canada, which I'm definitely going to do. Um, I had someone flying from Brazil and then I had this couple come in from Kuwait, you know, and they're sitting there. Yeah, we flew all the way in, but blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we're going to hang out here in Toronto, yada, yada, yada. And I said, wait a minute. I go, could I do a show in Kuwait? And they're like, absolutely. And I said, I can say what I said here tonight in Kuwait. And the guy goes, yeah. And then the woman goes, well, (laughs) but um, just meeting those two, I want to go there. You know, they were some cosmopolitan motherfuckers. I really would like to go to the Middle East and not get kidnapped. If you're in the Middle East and you know where a fucking freckled white boy from the U.S. can go, you know, I would like to, I want that middle ground. I want to go to a place where I'm not going to get abducted by people who fucking hate my government. And I also want to, I don't want to go to a place that subsists because there's a tent city right outside the city limits and people are living, uh, you know, on dog food. You got a middle ground that I can go to, you know, where I can do some fucking shows out there. I can tell my jokes and I don't have to worry about the Shah or the fucking prime minister or oh, the fucking son of the king of the Arabs are going to come in and take me away. I don't want that to happen. I'd like to go over there, right? I want to go on wearing one of those cool-ass fucking things on my head with the little uh, aerobic bandana. I'd do that. I'd do that in a fucking second. Looking like a cornerback at the end of the game with my fucking do-rag on. Let me know. I'll go over there. I'll fucking do it. Um, Oh, hey, there's a rumor. I heard a rumor. Jesus Christ, who was that? Who sang that fucking song? It wasn't Spando Ballet. I heard a rumor. There was a Z in it. I'm calling that there was a Z in their name for some reason. It was like three fucking chicks, and they were all almost good looking. You know what I'm talking about? Um... I heard a rumor lyrics. Banana Rama. You motherfucker. Why did I think there was a Z in it? Well, you know what? The fact that there wasn't a Z in it and the fact that I look the way I do 
And I actually said that they were only kind of good looking. As punishment, I now have to go to lyrics.com and sing as much of this as I can remember. I don't remember it. Uh, who needs a friend who never shows? I'll tell you what you want to know. I could have saved a broken heart. If I found out long ago, I don't remember. I, was, I heard a rumor. Ooh, ooh, I heard a rumor. That's actually written on paper. I heard a rumor. O-O-H-O-O-H. Ooh, ooh, I heard a rumor. They say you got a broken. You know what? Now you guys are getting punished. This isn't, this isn't a punishment. You guys know I like to sing even though I can't. Do you know some cunt wrote me one time who was telling me how much I suck at singing? Like, I don't realize that. Like, that isn't the joke. But you know something? For those of you people who are about to embark on any sort of a, uh, a, uh, a dream and it involves you having a website or a Twitter or account, Facebook or anything, uh, anywhere where people can give you feedback, just know that people will find fucking something to bitch about. Do you know what somebody said? Somebody sent me a fucking email or a Twitter thing. I can't remember what. It might have been the most nitpicky thing anybody has ever said. When I was down in uh, Hammerville there, Hammerstein, why can't I remember the fucking name? Hamilton. When I was down there, you know, at wire to wire, I had a fucking great show. Go fuck yourself. I killed it. Thank you for coming out. I went out. I fucking took pictures with people. I'm selling what's left of my DVDs. The last time I'm selling a DVD because it's one step ahead of the fucking laser disc. I got to get them out of my garage. Thank you to everybody who bought one. Um, somebody actually said, great show. But Jesus Christ. Your wallet is way too big. <laughs> Can you fucking believe that? How the fuck did you even see it? I maybe have my back to the crowd for fucking two minutes in an hour and 15 minutes set and it bothered you how big my fucking wallet was? It's not my fault. It's stuffed with fucking business cards. People give them to me when I'm on tour. Hey, if you're ever here. Fucking this, here's this thing. If you'd ever like some of this, here's this thing. And I just stuff them in my wallet. And then when I come home, I stick them with all the other business cards that I'm never going to look at. Okay? And when you're in the middle of a 20-day tour, yeah, it can get a little bit big. All right? Why don't you stop staring at my fucking ass, you weirdo, in the middle of my show? You ever think maybe that it's, it's, it's so fat because it's stuffed with the plastic money that I've made up here? Do you know Canadian currency is, is uh, their greenbacks, their dollars, uh, are, they're made out of plastic now. Very smooth plastic, and I fucking love it. Their money is the shit. I've always loved American money the best because that's the money that I grew up with, and I just think it looks cool. And I like all the weird shit they're doing with it, with the extra big fucking heads. They got a little off to the side, little nod to hip-hop, you know? Don't wear your hat like Donnie Baseball anymore. You got to do fucking the Jay-Z thing where it's off to the side just a little bit. You know? Um, what, am I gonna, what the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, but the only thing that stinks about their money is I guess you can't stack it. There's something about it because it's plastic. It just sort of slides down to the side. But, uh, but anyways, that was the nitpick 
<laughs> bitch of the week. Evidently, my wallet was too big. You know, I really like that stand-up comedian's act. He was really funny, but I got to tell you, the size of his billfold just really ruined it for me. You know what, sir or ma'am, whoever the fuck wrote me that, I got to tell you, you have the, you have a future as a critic. You really do. Because even when critics like something, they, they find something to fucking complain about. You know? Even if they like your show, like my show, even a good review, if you read it, it would be like the big-headed, freckled fuck took command of the stage for an amazing performance of stand-up as I watched his distractingly alabaster hands motion through brilliant bit after like that's what they do they're complimenting you while insulting the shit out of how the fuck you look you know I don't like when they do that you know I'm going to criticize critics here's another thing I don't like I don't like when fucking critics do that or are they writing an article on a celebrity and they do that thing where they fucking uh they, they always got to talk about what the fuck they're reading because I guess they always in, in, interview these movie stars in uh, in restaurants. And they always got to say, as he fucking bites into a, a pan-seared salmon-encrusted pork chop, an older and wiser little fella from the fucking Angry King show there on HBO with his tailored fucking suit, I don't know. He has a sadness in his eyes as he bites into a cherry tomato. I really fucking hate that. I just feel like they're just, they're just building up. They're just, they're just like how many fucking words do I got to write about this little fella here? Uh, with that dumb fucking look on his face. I'm really sick of that fucking. I'm just sick of the look on that guy's fucking face. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. It's bad enough when a regular-sized guy has that look on his face like he's going to come over there and slap the taste out of your mouth, okay? I don't need some little fella sitting there with his little suit staring at me like I said something about him. I didn't say anything about you, okay? So, you know, why don't you get your fucking furred brow and point it in another direction and fuck you and your cherry tomatoes. What do you think about that, huh? Now get out of my face. Before I tip you over. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really am in a cunty mood. This ha has nothing to do with the little fellow on the Angry King show on HBO. It really has to do with the fact that uh, I miss my wife and my dog. I miss my truck. I miss all of that shit. While simultaneously having one of the greatest fucking tours I've ever had. Me and Verzi are having so much fucking fun up here. Verzi started doing this fucking Rodney Dangerfield impression. So that's all we've been doing up here. All we've been doing up here is it will just be sitting there, you know, drinking a beer. And you just go, you know, hey, this is a good beer. I'll tell you, last week I had a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why it's always... It's just been funny the whole fucking week to us. I've skated almost every goddamn day. These fucking... Um, you know what's great about Canada? Because they're so far north, they have to embrace the winter, and there's just shit to do. 
They got like, I like looked up free public skating here in Toronto and you would have thought I looked up a Starbucks. The amount of fucking hits I got on my phone, it's just fucking tremendous. So, you know, there's only so long that I can go on a goddamn treadmill, you know, and with just because you have the option of just stepping off the fucking thing. That's why I love my dog. I love taking her on a hike, go on a fucking hike, you know, listen to some songs and I'm good. Or you're out here and you fucking go out and you just go skating. It's fun. It's a fucking good time. Oh, you know what I did? I got a friend of mine that lives up here and he's an assistant coach on, uh, on a hockey team, he's got a son in the 10 to 11-year-old group. And I went to this rink. They had four rinks there, all these different games. And I have to fucking tell you something. I've never seen kids of that age play the game the way these kids were playing. They were fucking un- – it was an unbelievably entertaining game. It was one nothing, 1-1, 2-1, and then 3-2, and then they pulled ahead. They got the dagger, got the fourth goal. And these fucking kids up here – at age 10 to 11, the level with which they were playing this game, it wasn't even the, the kid with the puck. It was what the kids were doing away from the puck, how they knew where to be. There was a fucking kid on the other team, last name kid, number four or something. I, I was like jealous of how well he could skate backwards. This kid was like 10 or 11 years old and the way he played defense. I was actually watching him learning. It was like, I don't know, it was like an NHL game, but everybody was 10 or 11. Like the way it was played. Obviously, it wasn't as fast, but, you know, when I was watching it live, I mean, I couldn't really tell. I was fucking blown away by the talent up here. Um, and it was a great game. And when it was 3-2, to because the other team kept tying it up, I was actually on the edge of my seat watching a game between 10 and 11-year-olds. I mean, it's fucking amazing up here. So, um, anyways, I did that. How far into the fucking podcast am I? Ah, Jesus, I'm limping along this week. 29 minutes in. You know what I've been doing with Verzi this week? This is fucking... I've, I've toured with Verzi for so fucking long. We're like an old married couple. I've never seen anybody who hates the morning as much as he does. So this whole fucking tour, I've never woken him up with a text because I always do that shit. I'll text him, hey, you want to get breakfast? And he's never quite awake. So... I just I just wait till he fucking wakes up and that that fucking guy if you don't text him he will he'll sleep till like 1 in the afternoon and he has, still has the nerve to come downstairs looking a little groggy and he always comes down like dude how great how great was that mattress man fucking epic that mattress was epic everything's epic to him um I don't know so uh that's why I'm doing the podcast with Donham next week we'll we'll wrap up the tour we will wrap up the tour. Uh, me and him will do the uh, the podcast together. Um, but, um, oh, I got to do another one. I heard a rumor. Allegedly, there are dates in the works with three of my best friends in comedy. Quite possibly, I've heard rumors that they might be doing a tour, a club tour. Starting out on maybe starting out on the West Coast, possibly maybe starting in L.A., possibly with yours truly hosting the show. I've heard this fucking rumor that possibly Rose Bowl tailgate legends Jason Lawhead, Joe Bartnick, 
All right? And dude, I called it Paul Verzi. Quite possibly could be doing a three-man tour of clubs. Limited engagements over the next couple of months. Sponsored by the Monday Morning Podcast. The first tour, I hope, the first of many tours to be sponsored by this podcast. Um, there are rumors that there are agents right now working on over the weekend. Suit on, tie off, wiping their brow, trying to put together some dates on this tour. Um, quite possibly next week there might even be an announcement. But right now that is just a rumor. But I'll tell you what isn't a rumor. Uh, I'm doing a date in Nashville on May 16th. And um, it's part of uh, Vince Vaughn's Wild West Tour comedy tour. And uh, let's see here. I just fucking tweeted about it. Ah, Jesus, Bill, what the fuck is wrong with you? Hang on, hang on, hang on. You go to home. No, I go to me. Right? Yeah, the Wild West Comedy Festival. WildWestComedyFestival.com is the website. Tickets are on sale now. Um if you follow me on Twitter, I have their I have their Twitter handle. Is that what you say? At Wild West CF, as in Comedy Festival, and on Facebook, it's facebook.com backslash WWCF Nashville, as in Wild West Comedy Festival, uh, Nashville. Um, anywho, all right. So that's enough of the goddamn promotions for the week. Um, all right. Just when you think my singing can't get any worse, how about I try to top that with sound? Do uh, you think I can sound more dumb than is than the level of my awful singing? Well, I think I can. Uh, I've been sort of keeping up on this, this, the events that are going on over in the Ukraine. And uh, with my limited knowledge of what's going on there now and my limited knowledge of what's happened there in the past... Um, that ousted fucking president or prime minister, whatever they call him, Yanukovych, that guy's a sellout cunt. All right? And I'm not trying to stir up some shit over there, okay? But after what Stalin did there in World War II, they should want nothing to do with Russia, okay? And the fact that there's Russian sympathizers in the Ukraine, I don't fucking get it. Why does old Vladimir give a fuck about this Yanukovych so much? I actually looked up Yanukovych Russian puppet, and I got a bunch of hits. So, why can't you let the Ukrainians have their own goddamn country? They didn't like you so much that they actually overthrew you. There's so much dirty shit going on over there. I think Vladimir Putin, or whatever the fuck his name is, he said that that, that, that was actually backed by uh, the U.S. Wouldn't that be hilarious if we actually backed that? If we backed that, they overthrew their fucking prime minister, whatever the fuck his name is, Yanukovych, Anna Konnikova, whatever his fucking name is, right? And then we get to go publicly and be like, hey, what are you guys doing, Russia? Leave them alone. Stop meddling in their affairs. (laughs) If we actually did do it, I have to respect old Vladdy, Vladdy Daddy there, that he fucking said, uh, that he called us out on it. I think he called us out on it. Maybe he called somebody else out on it. Well, fuck knows. God knows. We, you know, you know, we did something over there. 
Here, let me tell you, it was a rough week over there in Ukraine. Um, I don't know. Just fucking leave them alone. Can't countries just leave other countries alone? Well, you know, I think that would be great for this country. If we just fucking pulled all our people back, we just left everybody alone. And you know what? All our corporations had to come back, too. And we started making Levi's 501 Blues again with the button flies, some Z Cavaricis, and we actually made them here. We didn't make children sew them together. You know, why can't we do that again? And then you just legalize weed everywhere, and then you use that as the export. And we got everybody fucking high, man, and everybody mellows out. Why can't we do that? You know why? Because everybody hurts. No, the reason why you can't do it is because it's the same reason why the fucking NFL has that stupid-ass, fucking dumb-ass game in England every year. All right? It's because of the ego. You want to put your stamp. You want to put your fucking mark on something. You want to say that it was here and then I took it to here. You know? No one can just be like, hey, we're right here and isn't this a good place to be? You always got, what about me? What about my fucking legacy? And that's what the, that's what the fucking the guy from the NFL's doing. All right? Pete Rozelle is the benchmark. You got to somehow try to outdo him. We went Pete Rozelle and then Peter Noon, I think, was the next fucking commissioner. And then you got this guy, uh, was it Reykjavich? Roger Goodell? I don't know what the fucking guy his name is, but whatever. He's got to somehow outdo Pete Rozelle. Pete Rozelle brought the AFL and the NFL together. Monday Night Football, the Super Bowl. So the only way to top that is you somehow have to try and go fucking global. So he has that stupid-ass, dumb-ass fucking game in England every goddamn year. For what? Uh, can't you just be happy being billionaires or multimillionaires? I would say that about everything. I would say that about the fucking NHL. Why can't you just be multimillionaires? Isn't that enough? Why do you got to have the Florida Panthers? Okay? And you know what? Fuck you if you live in Miami. Fuck you. Okay? Fuck you. You got all that exotic pussy down there. You also have to have a fucking NHL team. Go fuck yourself, okay? You want to go to a hockey game, you get in your goddamn VW bus and you drive to a cold city. All right? I, for one, have had enough of these fucking winter teams down in the fucking south. All right? Having a winter classic game. Winter classic game at Dodger Stadium. People sitting there in fucking tank tops. Watching ice hockey outside. All right? Now, I don't want to get all hippie on you here, but how many porpoises had to fucking die so they could fucking have enough goddamn water to make that whole thing happen? You know, a lot of people don't realize that ice is actually made out of salt water. Okay? And salt water is the living, breathing oxygen that a porpoise has to inhale through its fucking gills. All right? <laughs> no, porpoise, aren't porpoises a mammal? Are they? And I realize that there's oxygen and water before you guys actually take that shit seriously. Do porpoises breathe through a, 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 a porthole, an orifice at the top of their head? i got to look this up now. That's how you spell porpoise? Porpoise? Is it a mammal? I spelled mammal with three M's in the middle. Did you mean mammal? Of course I meant mammal. Porpoise. Mammal. 
Many of the seven species of tooth whales distinguishable from dolphins by their row, by their more compact build, generally smaller in size, maximum length about two meters, that's about 6.6 feet, they say, and curved blunt snouts with spatulate rather than conical teeth. Those are great words, spatulate and conical. I want you guys to use, next time you're getting fucking hammered, I want you to slip both of those words in. And if you can actually use them, that's a great line to say to a woman. You know why I like you? I saw you from across the bar. You know what really attracted me? And she'd be like, what? And you'd be like, your blunt snout with your spatulate rather than conical teeth. What would you like to drink, sweetheart? <laughs> blunt snout. That's a fucking good name for a band. Ladies and gentlemen, blunt snout. Um, all right. Let's let's get to some of the fucking questions this week. I'm sorry. I, I'm just really shit in the bed here. Um, did I talk about everything? I think I did. Oh, oh, people talking about the posters. Where are my posters? Relax. They're all on their way. Uh, we still got another. There's still some more coming out this week. Overwhelming response. And I got, I got one guy in the mailroom trying to send all of these fuckers out. So uh, you'll get them. All right? And they are autographed. So relax, okay? And if you don't get them, I'll give you fucking money back. But I'm saying don't give up hope, all right? Hang in there. Hang in there. Stay gold, pony boy. Stay gold. All right. Baseball season. Billy Ruth. I grew up loving the game of baseball. My greatest memories. Hang on a second. I got to fucking close this window. There's some douche talking. Fucking muted. All right, hang on, all right. I grew up loving the game of baseball. My greatest memories as a child included the smell of a mitt and the sensation of throwing a ball hard across an infield. I also grew up an Orioles fan. Ah, the fucking Orioles were great when I grew up. When I was growing up, they were the shit. They were already, they won in 66, and they won in 70. Uh, They blew it in 79, and then they won in 83. Look at that, right off the top of my fucking head, but I can't read out loud. Do you know I can do that in almost every sport? I can go back to, like, the 60s, and I can tell you all the fucking champions. 66, the Orioles, 67. Uh, the Cardinals beat the fucking Red Sox, 68. The Tigers won. And then they they, then they, they were having that fucking thing while that those riots. And then the, 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 the subsequent white flight that happened, and that city's never recovered. 69, the amazing Mets, 70. The Orioles, 71. I think was the Pirates, and then Clemente died. Or did he die in 72? 72, 73, 74 was the A's. 75, 76 was the Reds. 77, 78 was the Yankees. 79 was We Are Family. The Pirates, 80 Phillies. 81 was the fucking Dodgers. Right, Tommy John. Tommy John was on the fucking Dodgers that lost to the Yankees in 77, 78. 81. He turned coats. He goes to the fucking Yankees. And what happens? The Dodgers win. And that's why that surgery is named after him. 82 was the Cardinals. And they beat the Brewers. 83 was the Orioles. 84 was the Tigers. 85 was the Royals. It should have been the fucking Cardinals if they didn't implode after that awful call at first base. 86 was the Mets. Red Sox fans know that. 87 was the Twins. 88 was fucking Kirk Gibson, the Dodgers. I can just keep going, people. 
I can fucking go all fucking day long. I know what you're thinking. You probably think I have it in front of me, right in front of me. Well, that's just a compliment. 89 was the AIDS. The Roy brothers won it then. 90 was the Reds. 91, of course, was your twins. 92, 93. That was your, your fucking Blue Jays. And then 94, that's a great trivia year. That was the strike year. And if you listen to fucking Pedro Martinez, he'll sit there and tell you, you know what? The fucking Expos were going to win that year. Why, you ask? Because they had a young him and Randy Johnson. I think Tim Raines was still there. They had a whole fucking great team there. 95 was the Braves. 96 was the Yankees. 97 was the Marlins. They beat Jay Lawhead's Indians. 98, 99, 2000 was the fucking... Yankees. This is when he starts getting sketchy for me. 2001 was the Diamondbacks. 2002, I think, was the Angels. 2003 was the Marlins. 2004 was the Red Sox. 2005 was the White Sox. 2006 was the fucking Cardinals. Was it? 2007 was the Red Sox. 2008 was the Phillies. 2009 was the Yankees. 2010 was the Giants. Then I don't fucking know. 2011... All right, 2013 was us. The Giants won another one in there, didn't they? We'll say 2012. And then I'll say 2011 was the Cardinals. Oh, my God, if you don't like sports, you're in trouble now. Well, let's go do football. <laughs> I can do it. I can do hockey if you want. I can go all the way back to about 1966, I believe. All right, Canadians... Maple Leafs, Canadians, Canadians, Bruins, Canadians, Bruins, Canadians. Flyers, Flyers, Canadians, 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 Canadians. Islanders, 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 Islanders. Fucking Edmonton, Edmonton, Canadians, Edmonton, Edmonton. Calgary, Edmonton. 91, 92. Was that Pittsburgh? 93 was fucking Montreal. 94. Was the Rangers. 95 was the Devils. 96 was the Avalanche. 97, 98 was the fucking Red Wings. 99 was the Dallas Stars. Why are you guys listening to this? 2000 was the fucking Avalanche. No, it was the Devils. 2001, Ray Bork, Avalanche. 2002, fucking Devils. 2003, fucking Red Wings, maybe. Lightning. Strike. Ducks, hurricanes. All right. Sorry. I'm back. Let's read this thing here. Um, I also grew up an Orioles fan. Dude, that was fucking ADD textbook right there. I love the Orioles and I love Major League Baseball, but why can't I get the baseball, get into the baseball season? It has nothing to do with my team. Oh, I read that wrong. But why can't I get into the baseball season? It has nothing to do with my team. I was happy for the Sox, but it's just hard to get excited about the sport and I desperately want to. Is there a greater reason I'm missing? Uh, well, I mean, it kind of sucks that there's no salary cap. And that, you know, the Red Sox can afford to spend a buck eighty a year. And the fucking Yankees spend like two twenty a year. Um, so, I mean, essentially between the two of them, Hang on a second. I mean, one of us is going to win the fucking division probably 80% of the time. I mean, if you go back to 1996, the first time the Yankees won the division, 
All right. And that wasn't because they spent money. That was because George Steinbrenner got suspended and he wasn't allowed to fucking meddle. And he I swear to God, he would he wouldn't have traded away Jeter. Um, definitely would have traded away Bernie Williams, probably Jorge Posada. And I bet even Mariano Rivera, just because nobody knew he hadn't developed that cut fastball yet. No, he'd probably, he'd probably keep like two of them. Pick two of them. He'd definitely get rid of Andy Pettit. He fucking was up that guy's ass even when he was crushing it. Um, but anyways, I don't know. Somewhere around 98, 99, it's just, it's just become like ridiculously all about money. And I, I would say from there on, if the Red Sox didn't win it, the Yankees won it. Did maybe Tampa Bay win it one year? I can tell you right now, the Orioles haven't fucking won it since I don't know when. The 80s, maybe? Early 90s? I have no fucking idea. I would say that that's kind of what makes it suck. Um, I don't understand why all leagues aren't run like the like NFL football, where Green Bay, Wisconsin, can compete with New York City. It's great. It's a great thing. So I would say that maybe that's why you can't get into the regular seasons, because a lot of times by June, what's the fucking point? Um, and the great thing about the Orioles, I mean, you guys had some, that, that great tradition there. Um, you know, winning three World Series essentially in my lifetime. I, mean, I was born in 68, so I don't remember 66 or 70, but I remember 83. And I just remember you had all those great pitchers. When I was growing up, Frank Tanana, Jim Palmer. Um, ah, fuck, there was another one. You guys always had, you had like three number ones in your starting rotation. You guys were brutal. Eddie Murray at first base, fucking, I don't, can't remember the other names. Who the fuck knows? But it was great. It was great to watch. The catcher was hilarious. Why do I think it's Doug DeSensei? Wasn't he play third base for the fucking Angels? Um, that's probably why you can't get into it. You probably can't get into it because it's not a level playing field. It's, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Sorry. Just sort of fucking spaced halfway through that. All right. Childhood crushes. Billy Suave. Uh, when you were growing up in the late seventies, what celebrity ass would you have banged if you had the choice? Well, I mean, I was fucking like six years old. So was I, was I supposed to take out my little schmeckle as the Jewish people say? Um, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done with it. Um, a Charlie's Angel or perhaps Stevie Nicks. Who were you into? And was there someone that everyone was into that you couldn't understand why? Um, oh, man, I fucking I loved everybody. I loved all three Charlie's Angels. I probably liked Farrah Fawcett. She's the one I wanted to bang. Kate Jackson was the one I wanted to marry. And... uh I liked I liked Kate Jackson when she was on the rookies. I mean, she was a fucking nurse. She was married to Mike Danko. What a fucking name, huh? Mike Danko. <laughs> she had that great voice. Ah oh, man, she was beautiful. And uh, you know, Jacqueline Smith. Come on, Jacqueline Smith. She had the same haircut as Farrah Fawcett, except it was a brunette. I've always liked brunettes. Um, so I liked all of them. And then I liked Christy McNichol. Much to her chagrin. Uh, who else? I fucking liked them all. I'm trying to think of another show I used to watch. 
I liked Marsha Brady, you know, when she got a little bit older and was wearing those fucking miniskirts. Um, even Jan in a couple episodes. She hoarded up pretty good for a young me. I like that. Um, Joni from Happy Days when she got older, you know, was taking a few from Scott Bale. I liked her then. Let's see. Welcome back, Carter. That was a bunch of dudes. Except for his wife. I wasn't into her, though. Uh, what else? What else did I used to watch? Welcome back. This is when you know you watched it a lot, when you could actually sing the second verse. You always could spot a friend. Welcome back to that something and something but a better boo. All right, I only could sing the first fucking line. Um... Was that it? I think that was it. I had a very sheltered childhood. There was only like three channels. Um, I wasn't a big radio guy. I was too fucking young. Like, I, I, the only reason why I knew about Kiss was a couple of my friends had older brothers. And one of my friends was really good at drawing. And he would draw, you know, all the Kiss characters. And I had no fucking idea. I, my parents didn't take me to see Star Wars. I had no fucking idea. So I had no, no crush on Princess Leia. I remember that shit. That shit came out over the summer, and I, I didn't even hear about it. I went outside, and I played baseball every fucking day. Or I went down to the pool, and I went swimming. No, we weren't even members of the pool at that point. They had, like, a community pool slash piss tank that we were, <laughs> that we were members of. Yeah, I just went outside, and I played every day. Go outside and play. I went out, and we rode bikes, played baseball. We did what kids did back then, and that's why we weren't fat kids. We fucking went outside. Well, there you go. I would say, yeah, the Charlie's Angels. I wasn't into to the Bionic Woman. I didn't get into her. God damn it. I thought there was way more than that. I know there was. I just can't remember anymore. Um, but was there anybody who everybody was into and I couldn't understand it? Uh, no. No, I couldn't. I thought they were all fucking beautiful. I really did. Fucking women in the late 70s. They were fucking gorgeous. Cheryl Teagues. I don't fucking remember. They were all gorgeous. I remember every magazine cover. There was a woman on the cover. I was a little kid. You had a crush on her. Um, Childhood crushes, right? I just read that one. Uh, Instruments. Bill, I'm 14 years old. I suspect I'm one of your younger listeners. I'm growing to learn how to play a new instrument. Oh, I'm going to learn how to play uh, a new instrument this year. I already play piano and love the percussive nature of drums, but I also want to be able to shred a solo. Any suggestions to which would be better to start? Definitely stick with piano. All right? There are more fucking pianos sitting around than anything else, okay? So your whole life, if you can just sit down and just start playing a piano, women will come over to your piano all right, like flies to a f- moth to a light. That's a great one to learn how to play. So definitely don't. Even Tommy Lee said, "I wish I stuck with it." Um, you got to stick with the piano. Uh, I'm obviously prejudiced to drums. Drums are the shit. Uh, um, but if you shred a solo, I don't know. You know what? Maybe guitar. 
Guitar and drums are great. Those are both badass instruments. And piano, like I said, is it's very a social thing. Your whole life, you'll be able to sit down, all right, attract women, and then when you become married and you become a father, you can sit around playing the, you know, oh, you know, Dasher and Dancer and Prancer. Oh, Mike, he's playing the piano. Gather around, children. Garmin and Cupid, Donner and Blitzen. You know, you can do your own little jazzy version. But do you recall? Um, yeah, but either way, um, good on you for learning an instrument, you know, and not becoming a DJ, even though that's now acknowledged as a uh, an instrument. You want to be able to actually fucking do it. I don't give a fuck. Those DJs are amazing that they can take little sounds and make it into a song. But at the end of the fucking day, you know, they're cutting and splicing. They're more like editing an album while creating it at the same time, which I'm not going to lie to you. is very impressive. All right? But there's nothing cooler than actually being able to play the sounds that those mouse head people are fucking sticking together. Wouldn't you agree? Um, yeah, drums are cool as shit. I don't know what to tell you, but you already play piano, man, so you got that ear. Yeah, guitar. I would try, I would try them out, but don't give up playing the piano, man. That's a great one. It's a great one to play. Unless you're in a heavy metal band and they're all fucking rocking out and you're sitting there with the keyboard. That's a tough one. That was always a tough one. It was always a tough one to try to fucking headbang when you're behind a, behind a fucking keyboard. Oh, we're halfway there. Right? Are those guys in Journey? I'd actually like to learn how to play the piano. You know? But I just have too much sympathy for my wife. I wouldn't do it. Hey, let me tell you. I can play drums with piano. I'll tell you, that's a little rough. Um, boyfriend cheated. Oh, wait. Before we get into this, let me uh, let me read the last advertisement here for the week. Um, E-voice, everybody. You are a business owner, but automated phone systems and secretaries aren't in your budget just yet. And juggling incoming calls yourself makes it hard to look like a professional. Here's something that will dramatically help your, help you and make more... What? Here's something that will dramatically help you make more money in 2014. Evoice. Whether you're a business of one or 100, Evoice will help you manage all of your incoming calls. With a toll-free number, dial-by-name directory, and call routing tools, your business will sound like a million bucks. Can't take a call? Evoice will transcribe the voicemail and email it to you. Never be caught off guard again. And with Evoice, you can try it before you buy it right now. Just for my listeners, you can get a 60-day trial to eVoice for absolutely free. <coughs> Excuse me. Go to eVoice.com and enter the promo code BILL, B-I-L-L, at the checkout. Take charge of your business and make more money in 2014. Go to eVoice.com and enter BILL at checkout for your 60-day free trial. That's eVoice.com, promo code BILL. All right, there you go. I realize another reason why I suck so bad at fucking reading is because my mind goes to other places. I'm really understanding how my fucking brain works. I literally got halfway through reading that, and I started thinking, what pictures am I going to post this week for my Canadian tour, tour, tour? Um, okay, boyfriend cheated. Bill, I'm a 25-year-old girl. You are a woman, lady. All right? Don't sell yourself short. You're a woman. I found out my boyfriend was cheating on me. The truth is I'm sad, but at the same time, I get that we're not meant to be together forever. Um, can you please suggest a fun way for me to break up with him, just in a way that makes him feel like he did something wrong, 
but also feel like less of a man if that's possible. Love to you, Ania. All right. Um, all right. Well, first of all, you know, you don't seem too broken up about it. You're 25 years old. All right. You're in the prime of your life. Um, and you're like, well, we're not going to be together anyway. So this guy broke up. How, how can you break up with them? Ah, Jesus. You know what? Women are way better at this than I am. Okay, break up in a way that makes him feel like he did something wrong. Well, I mean, you could just say it. I'm breaking up with you because you cheated on me, you piece of shit. But also make him feel like less of a man. All right, well, you know what? I'm going to put that on you. But don't go the usual hacky ways that women go where they usually say, you didn't satisfy me in bed, you have a little dick, you know. And don't go out and go fuck one of his friends because eventually you regret that. That's just another notch on your fucking bedpost. Unless you really want to bang one of them. <laughs> That's a really brutal thing to do. That fucking breaks up their friendship and you don't give a shit, right? Um, I don't know what to tell you. What could you do? All right, let's see. If someone did that to me, makes you feel like you did something wrong. and make What would make me feel like less of a man? Why don't you just break up with them and then I guess you got to go the hacky route. And just say, oh, by the way, and then just point at his dick and just start laughing hysterically. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you'll come off as a psycho that way. Why don't you get him a cake? Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. I almost don't want to even tell you to fucking do this. This is brutal. I get it. Is his birthday coming up? If his birthday is coming up, you take him out to a restaurant and yeah, you, you have him bring a cake over. Or maybe you have your friends do it because I don't think the restaurant will do it. And he thinks it's a birthday cake. All right? And it says in frosting, um, you cheated on me, you piece of shit. Okay? And then you have your friends if they can sing and... They'll just sing the happy birthday song with new lyrics. Why did you cheat on me, you douche? Why did you cheat on me, you douche? Why did you cheat on me, you douchebag? Why did you cheat on me, cunt? And he's got a big fucking candle shaped like a dick. Maybe funny if it's more of a limp dick. I don't know. Maybe something like that. Hey, look, I tried. What do you want from me? Okay. Hey, let me tell you, it was kind of rough. Um, anyways. <laughs> ah, fuck. Um, all right. So tonight, I am. I want to thank. First of all, I want to thank everybody uh, who, who's been coming out to my shows. This this tour has been. I know I sounded kind of crabby and tired today, but uh, I'm having a great time. And there's a public rink down the street. And I want to go skate around and get the fucking blood going before I drive out to uh, London, Ontario tonight. I got Montreal next, and then I got my day off where we're going to uh, the Canadians and uh, Bruins game. And then that's the end of the East Coast swing. And then we start our West Coast swing, which will be Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, uh, fucking Vancouver and then that little peninsula out there, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) 
dude, I am fucking out of it. I need a, I need, I'm going to go skating and then I'm going to take a nap and I'm going to fucking kill it tonight in London. That is the game plan. I just threw my hat down. Did you hear that? Threw it down. Getting myself psyched up for the show tonight. That's the podcast for this week. Thank you to everybody um, who's come out to my shows up here. I got to tell you, man, don't sleep on Canada and come up here during the wintertime. It's fucking great. If you'd like to, that's that's actually a great way to learn how to enjoy the winter and come to Canada in the winter. You know, I actually talked to somebody and they, they, you know, I was saying, you know, I always wanted to fucking build a rink in my backyard for my kids that I don't have. And, um, this guy was like, oh yeah, I did it. You know, they all had these different techniques on how to make the ice perfect. And they build these little ass fucking rinks for their kids and then tear them down and reassemble them every fucking year. It's uh, they're, they're amazing people, man. Really fun people up here and great goddamn food. The only thing that I'm going to bitch about is in Toronto. We're sitting there. We bought these Cuban cigars and there's no fucking place to smoke them. Standing under heat lamps like assholes, freezing our asses off. Trying to smoke these cigars, man. There's not one cigar bar in uh, in all of Toronto. And something sad I noticed happened up here. I finally went to the El Macombo last night because I wanted to have a drink because that's where uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble have this great live DVD that they did. And I always wanted to go into it. It's a great dive. Uh, all these people have played there. Fucking, you know. The Rolling Stones did a show there in like 1977. It's a really famous place. And I went over there and it's closed. It's actually for sale. And people are kind of holding their breath, hoping that someone is going to buy it and refurbish it and keep the legend going. And uh, I took a picture of it, the melancholy look on my face last night. And uh, I wish I had a chance to go in there, but I'm hoping that someone's going to buy it. And keep it going because I, 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 that was one that was on my bucket list and I fucking blew it. Last time I was here, I could have gone in there and I just got too fucking busy. I blew it. Anyways, that's the podcast for this week. Uh, go fuck yourselves. I will talk to you next week. I'll let you know about the rest of the tour and the upcoming possibly Joe Bartnick, Jason Lawhead, Paul Rosie. It's just a rule. But would I bring it up if it 